Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast, bringing back the original music, uh, not bringing back the original cast. <laughs> I guess I, it was just me and you, Rob, at the beginning. So yeah, we started this, John. Right. I'm with Nick. <laughs> Dave, you're, you're, you've got to turn your volume down a little bit. <laughs> I'm Woody Womack, joined by Rob Cassie, as you heard, and Dave yeah. Black. I want to point out that before we started recording, that we were talking about what music we were going to use, and these words came out of Dave Blackford's mouth. <laughs> I have a lot of beats. People used to send me beats back when I was a rapper, and I, <laughs> I, I learned something about Dave once a week that I, it just makes me love you more and more. I what are we going to get like you to, to rap job. on the podcast? Hold on. What are we going to get you to do to rap on the podcast? We'll talk, talk to my agent. Well, the the biggest issue with Dave is that he's a professional now, uh, so he can't really do. I wish you could tell a lot of the stories. I wish we could have a Lackford story hour, but all that stuff could affect your reporter slash attorney slash rapper. I feel like you have to be a lawyer to be a journalist today, anyway. So, I mean, it's pretty much par for the course, right? You have to be a failed lawyer to be a journalist, not a. No, really? no, you have to have like three jobs if you're a journalist, you know. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. no money in this. I get the feeling that, Woody. that a lot of these attorneys that are in sports journalism that I know, <laughs> yes, they have law degrees, but I get a feeling that they all failed the bar is what happened. So they got their law degree and then failed the bar and it's like, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? And that's how they end up in this crappy job. Well, you can take the bar four times. I would like to say that I passed the bar on the first take. So, you know claps you everybody. you would like to say that but you can't i did i did pass it on the first time thank you very much sir you you, you forgot to list that dave was also in the marines rob uh and, and sometime in between being a lawyer <laughs> journalist i uh, do i'm actually a trained killer i'm wait, very accurate you are the yes. troops yeah, oh, um, man, I'm going to respect the hell out of those troops on this podcast. Yeah. I actually fixed airplane engines. I barely wore a uniform. I just had like coveralls. <laughs> but yes, I was a Marine. I, I went through boot camp and I learned how to shoot a an M16 very accurately, may I add. So don't mess with me. All right. Enough enough uh, side talk. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is our official NFL draft extravaganza uh, i think we're still going to talk a little bit of college football if we have time at the end but this is all about the draft rob's going to reveal his big board he did a, a seven round mock and we're going to go through it pick by pick yeah i'm just going to sit here and read <laughs> off names of guys and that's that, what i've been well, doing with the last month. that is my biggest issue with i listen to a lot of podcasts on other college football podcasts that don't touch on recruiting year-round on national signing day they just go team by team and say names and it's clear they're just looking at rivals or our competition and going down the list and being like, oh, yeah, like getting this guy in there. And, uh, good hips. Also, good hips. Well, no, they um, don't say that because they know way. nothing about them. No, they say his hometown, right? They say, oh, you know, John Smith from Alexandria, Virginia, kid out of, you know, kid out of St. Petersburg, Florida. They're Blue really chip. excited about. Blue chip, which is somehow making a huge comeback is an expression that I just really hate. Um you know, Norman, sorry, Norman Chad, but you know, great, great movie, but, great movie, by the way. Right. Shout out chips. to uh, Anthony Hardaway and Shaq. All right. So let's jump right into it. I have not done any prep in advance of this. Uh, Rob and Dave. I, I, yeah, I don't think a guy that goes without saying that I have not done any prep. <laughs> well, I did Rob, a ton you of were prep. Supposed to, you were supposed to fill out the sheet, right? Oh, I put something on there. I, I don't remember exactly what, but I wrote, okay. I wrote a sentence on the sheet. 
Okay, so Dave did a lot of them. So Dave, you can take over. You're asking things to me and Rob, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So take it away. All right. So here are my NFL draft spectacular Johns. Number one. <laughs> so we always talk about serious issues on this podcast. We're very serious, very earnest. And the number one question I want to know is during the interviews, did NFL teams ask Ed Oliver about the coat gate? This is funny because when you put this on here and I open this up, this is the first time I had completely forgotten about this stupid coat. Now, if you remember, I think we talked about it on the show. I thought he said Coke gate. I was like, what? (laughs) I mean, we can go down that way if you want. I don't care. Yeah, I remember. I remember the coat incident. He was wearing a coat he wasn't supposed to be wearing because he wasn't playing because he was sitting out to stay healthy or something. And the coach made him take it off at halftime, right? Yeah, and they get a yelling match, and the coach ended up getting fired anyway. It was a disaster. Right. It was a total disaster all around. I feel like he was trying to unzip it. So, <laughs> so oh, yeah, he might have tried, tried to forcibly take it off, I think. So, anyway, Ed Oliver, uh, f- former Heisman Trophy winner, uh, f- fictional Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. Five-star, though. Shout yeah, out. He, yeah, he was a five-star. He was the media – he was the – uh, highest ranked power five, a non power five signee, as uh, you would have heard if you ever heard, uh, watched any broadcast of football ever. And he was decided by every journalist on Twitter that he was going to win the Heisman, even though they knew nothing about him. And he didn't have any, near the stats to ever come close to winning the Heisman. So he had three sacks he, last year. Right. What a season. He was supposed to be the presumed number one pick. Now we don't even know if he's going to go in the first round on some of these. I think he will. I do think he was asked about the coat, but I'm shocked that it didn't come up as a character flag. Also, some teams worked him out at linebacker, which I think he weighs like 290 pounds. But he's super athletic, though. Uh, right. I remember like Footwork King. Shout out to Footwork oh, yeah. King. Had him, had him doing some like freakishly athletic stuff that a big guy his size should not be able to do. I also okay. remember him um, dominating Florida State in a Peach Bowl as a true freshman, just killing dudes. <laughs> he's a monster. Whoever gets him is getting a guy. I mean, he's got Aaron Donald potential, and he only had three sacks because half the season he was sitting out on the sideline with an injury uh, sure. without a coat. Well, I understand no that, coat. But, but at the same Stan's time, coat. even when he was healthy, I, I just don't – it's like we just decided he was going to be a Heisman Trophy contender when I think everybody knew – that a defensive lineman at an AAC school, no matter what happened, was never actually going to be a Heisman. It was just like right. a fun thing to say before the season. Right. But if I put remember he had the bobblehead with the horse? Yeah. yeah. No, but that's awesome. Okay. Next, next question, Dave. Next question. Dave's drawing number two. So 2016 five-star rankings, right? Um, how many of these guys are going to be first-round picks? And – I'm going to do a list of guys that Woody right. loves so much. Let's hear it. Rashawn Gary. Yes. Yes. Dexter Lawrence. Yes. Yes. Gregory Little. No. No. Nikhil <laughs> Harry. Oh. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Where is Gregory Little? Uh, he's from Ole Miss, remember? No, I know. But where is he today as if right now? He's going. He's in the draft. He left early. Yeah, he's not going to be a first round pick. He's probably going the second round, I'd say. Okay. All right. Nikhil Harry. Yes. Yes. Our boy Heisman Trophy winner, Ed Oliver. Yes. Yes. Nick Bosa. Yes. Yes. Jonah Williams. 
Yes. Yes. Now, Jeffrey Simmons is a five-star who probably very well would have been a first-rounder. Well, he could have been might... a top-five pick. I ranked Jeffrey Simmons if he wasn't an idiot that beat up the girl. He's also he's well, also he injured his ACL. So yeah, I'm yeah those two no. things together. I'm going to say no, but he's a first-round talent. He could he, sneak in at like 32. I would 31. not be surprised to see yeah, somebody. I would. I, it's a, would be a classic Patriots move to trade out of that last pick uh, at the end of the night and get two or three other picks so someone could come up and pick well, Simmons. Does it hurt him? And, you know, we've seen this in the NFL that if these incidents happen, if there's video of it, it really – and there is video of this. I, I don't know. I, I just, right, but if you remember, this was not like – you it know, was before wanna, he was even at Mississippi okay, State. It right. was he was. But I don't. I don't want to rationalize his. You know, I think he did face some criminal charges, but this was a like street fight. This was not like his. This wasn't domestic violence. This was just violence. So, um, okay, I had no idea about that. I just thought he was slipping because of his injury, yeah. and I don't want to get into that. Hold on, so, you didn't know about this. I didn't know about Jeffrey Simmons uh, in a street fight with a, a, a woman. Yeah, you know, there's a video of it. The was, girl, she big? Did, was she big? Did she get a couple licks in? What, what happened? No, she, she got, got down. She got it was no not pretty, in, Dave. It was not, it was not okay, pretty. Right. Okay, sorry. I didn't know. I didn't mean to offend. Google it. Bad. No, you're and not it, offending. I just I figured that's why you were asking about it. No, I didn't mean to offend you, Rob. I'm just saying, like, someone listening to this may be offended. Anyway, <laughs> and then 2015 is Christian Wilkins, and I think that pretty much rounds yes. out the I'm five stars. Yes. I have I have the full list, which Rob and I went over on a phone call earlier. Other guys that you didn't list uh, that are draft eligible, there are a lot of them. Different classes, uh, but in that class, from, we did great. Look at that. All those guys. Yeah, are especially from 2015. But other 2016 guys that are in the draft, Nicole Hardman, uh, no. Trey Lamar, no. Uh, Isaac Nada, no. And Mac Wilson, probably a no. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Hardman and Wilson uh, with and Lamar. Let me, and ask you, let me ask you this. Who surprises you most so out, of the, out of that no list, Woody? Who, who surprises you most? Well, Hardman should have gone back to school, and he wasted a year playing DB. So he basically only had two years in college. Um, so, so, so that hurts him. Um, the other one... Let me see. Trey Lamar, I think, is going to have a 10, 11-year NFL career. And I've been looking at him from high school. Like, when we saw them as recruits, I would have bet anything that Isaac Nada would have been a first-round pick. Right, exactly. And he's been a he's been pretty much a like, – like, his time – the times he put up were so bad that uh, he played his way out. And he probably, you know, wasn't utilized in the Georgia offense the way he should have been and – when he when he got the ball, he looked good. But yeah, I think he had a bond with Eason, and when Eason left, it just seemed like him and Fromm never really got on the the same page there. See, I feel like probability wise, taking saying a tight end is going to be a first round pick is, Dave, is you always. Bro, he was shot. he was different though, man. I don't know. Yeah, he was, he was only six three. He wasn't like a, a what does it matter? Tight end. Delaney Walker's six, six feet tall. He fixed one, and he's but on he the didn't best. go in the first round. 
Well, he would have yeah, now if, you, if, if we people, draft him now. Right. If people in hindsight. I just don't know. I just feel like, I don't know, tight ends is a risky position in and of itself. So if you're if you're playing in numbers, and Rob, you're a gambling man, you know, like what's the probability of a tight end being drafted in the first round? And then you consider his size at tight end being drafted in the first round. Yeah, but the thing it is, is I'm, I'm, like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not playing the numbers, though, because I watched his entire high school career. Same with Mark Andrews. I felt pretty good about Mark Andrews. I would have bet on him, and that turned out being right. He did. You know, he went to Oklahoma. He's first round pick. Uh, I thought Nada was better than Mark Andrews. Yeah, wow. Blackford, you would have loved Nada. You would have been, you would have been. Drooling. I remember Nada. I got Nada on the list, and we'll get to him later. We'll talk about the hot okay. tub at Georgia. You know, All right. I just, <laughs> Next I don't question. Know. Tight end is just a risky proposition. Running back is a risky proposition to say a running back's going in the first round just based on position and the way that these NFL scouts value position and value where they are drafted. And you know, if a guy's you know six seven, six six coming out of high school and he's a tight end, then I can see that but when you're like a six foot three move tight end i just it just seems like there's a low probability just based on his position and his size at I mean, that position i could sit here and argue with you but we, we should move on dave yeah i understand fine. what you're saying and and yes in a in in a perfect world where you're just looking at numbers on a stat sheet i i agree Irv but, Smith I mean, is probably going to go in the first round and he's shorter than nada so it's just yeah it's Isaac, a, you think Irv move? Smith? no i bet you money irv smith don't go in the first round all right, let's move on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> next question. All right, next question. Um, we're offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor or Jonah Williams? Well, so let's Jawan just Taylor talk. keeps me up at night. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Rob. We saw him uh, in Oviedo, yeah, Florida, at the Rivals Camp, where he came with he came with uh, Chauncey Gardner. And, and Bruce I, Judson, I believe, as well. Yeah, Bruce Judson. And there was I feel like there was also a running back from that school. Uh well, the same. point is he was like three hundred and forty pounds and no, it no, wasn't no. good weight. He was he was more like three eighty. I'd like to look up the thing, but it I mean, he looked terrible. Right. He got to Florida, they reshaped him, and good for him, man. It, it worked out. But I mean, that's at least what I was I obviously missed on him, but that's at least what we were thinking when we ranked him as a three star, right? We ranked him as a five five. Yeah. I mean, he did. And I'll just say he looked short and dumpy and slow. And this is him, and it's just, you know, it's a testament to Florida's strength program, though, and and you know, his work ethic as well. So so here's a story from the Palm Beach Post, uh, from 2016. Uh Last July, Jerron Taylor traveled to compete in Florida's summer camp, hoping to earn an offer. He found he was far from it. Uh, he was late, and his coach says he was laboring. It was a turning point. Taylor weighed 383 pounds. <laughs> it was amazing. And not, and it did not look good on him. No, no, no. And what, what, what's he at now? Let's see. Jerron Taylor, NFL draft. Let's see what he weighs in at. He weighed in at the combine at... 312. So, yeah, you're talking a 70 pound weight loss from the time we saw him during that spring because we would have seen him in March. Uh, and, then, and then I also saw him, I saw him in a game that year and he looked just as bad. Right. So, so big shout to Juwan for doing his fitness journey. And, yeah. but the, the <laughs> my fitness, my NFL draft fitness journey. The, the, I hope he documented it day with, with uh, accountability picks, which people make me take at the gym of them all the time. Needed an accountability pick to show I was here. I'm like, well, 
I saw you here. So hold on. At what point? The pe- I know the people. Or at least I've seen the people you go to the gym with. At what point does an accountability pick become? A, I'm a really hot, and I want to put this on Instagram. Uh, good question. I don't know. They're all really hot. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the bottom three percent of ugliest people at my gym for sure. For sure. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, nobody's ever asked to take an accountability pick of me. <laughs> um, so anyway, so that, that's the Juwan Taylor story. Jonah Williams story, real quick. He never did anything. This was a guy who lived down here in Georgia. Uh, then he moved to California, I think it is freshman year of high school. And, uh, and he never did anything. He never did any camps. He lived in like Northern California. We never saw him. But uh, his film was like, I mean, he didn't even want to play it in an All-American game, but his film was good enough that we made him a five-star. So Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney get big props for that one. So I would take Jonah Williams uh, personally. I This whole thing, is he a guard? Is he has short arms? I'm not worried about it. The dude stepped in at Alabama, started from day one. I think he's going to be a very good NFL player and play for a long time. So I will also take Jonah because as good as Juwan is, I, I will never be able to get the 385 pound version of him out of my head. All right. Next, Dave, next question. All right. So um, another five star from your region, Woody, is Damian Harris. Now, last year, Damian Harris was reported to have had a second round draft grade. He came back to Alabama and put more tread on his tires. Um, He did not get paid for doing that, which he would have done had he come out. And um, they they got beaten in the national championship. And now he may end up going lower than he would have last year. So did Damian Harris waste a year by coming back to Alabama? What's your take? I mean, I don't think he came back for draft. He wasn't like, I'm going to come back and be a first rounder. He's definitely... He's a different dude or whatever. He's one of the leaders of the team, yada, yada. Uh, so I don't – I mean, he definitely probably cost himself some money. Uh, but I don't think he put that much mileage on his tires. I mean, they they really split up the carries this year. Um, and I think he thought he was going to win the national championship again, and he, and he didn't. So uh, he should have come out probably. But I was arguing with someone on Twitter about this the other day. Everyone is a projected whatever. Like when these guys are in college, it's easy to say this guy's going to be a like you'll watch a game and be like this guy's going to be a first round pick, and then he goes in like the third round, fourth round. Like like the whole Jalen Hurd narrative that that was like it was going around like oh yeah this guy was going to be a second rounder at running back then he then he quit the team and moved positions now he's going to barely get drafted. It's like that's not what happened. He was not going to be a second round pick. He averaged three yards a carry. You know, like. Let's not have revisionist history. So uh, in terms of Damien, Dave, do I wish you were around when he was in high school because you would have saved me so many trips to Kentucky because Damien (laughs) refused to come to camps, A. B, his coach was legendary in terms of thinking he was like Bill Belichick or something. We went to a game. Nick and I went to a game. Nick, a former friend of the podcast, May God rest his former friend also in real life. Uh, We drove up there. I can't remember how many times we went, but we went to one game where he had, he famously had 10 touchdowns, but I think like two of them got called back. It it was, they would just hand him the ball and he would just break free and run for like an 80 yard touchdown on every time he touched it. But we drove all the way up there and I told him, Damien, I'm coming. I checked with the coach ahead of time. I'm coming. We get there and the coach informs Nick, 
that he doesn't want Nick shoving the camera in his face on the sidelines, which that's not something we've ever done, you know. Then uh, he informed me that the only interview I'd be able to do with him was like a scrum with the local news, which, of course, they want to ask him about, uh, you know, they want to ask him about the game and, you know, winning the district or whatever. And I'm trying to ask him about recruiting questions. Uh, Also, well, I can't say the story, but (laughs) Damien also once told me a story about another recruiting reporter that is a legendary story. Uh, Well, hold on. You can say it and obscure the recruiting reporter's name, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change the name. I I can just say that there was another recruiting reporter. (laughs) No, I can't say it just because of the way the the industry is diversity-wise. But needless to say, the things recruiting reporters will get to get kids to do interviews with them, no, no bounds. And you don't find out about it until <laughs> you have a kid tell you. So, Dave, I would have loved if you would have been able to drive down there. there you, what was the guy who had your job before you? You remember his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, Alex. Alex. Something. Alex, uh, Alex would always be – Alex and his fraternity bros would, would come down and go to games with me for sure because I remember them giving me – such a hard time about that receiver from Louisville that went to the Dolphins. What was his name? Quick. Devontae Parker, Parker from yeah. Ballard High School. They'd be like, oh, you didn't rank him high enough. I'm like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Go buy me some popcorn. Here's a dollar fifty. Um oh. <laughs> not Alex. I'm trying to think. Did you ever send me no, for popcorn had you, at the Breckenridge County you game? Give me money so I could buy popcorn. Uh, but uh, no, I went and bought it myself. That ridiculous <laughs> game went to the middle of nowhere. So, no, no big, no big problem with Damien except for him making us drive to Kentucky. I remember that night. <laughs> the field was just totally soggy. It was just a big mud pie. And you were like, I just bought these shoes. And they were just brown well, no, 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 covered no. with mud. And I'm like, no, why no. did you wear I them here? I went to Burlington Coat Factory and bought the shoes once I realized it was going to be muddy out there. So uh, I didn't want to wear the okay, Adidas shoes right. that I had on. I went and bought some, uh, some uh, clearance racks. So, all right, next question. All right. All right, next question. Nick Bosa, all right? So he sits out the whole year, right, and says, you know what? I'm not coming back to play for free. I'm going to train on my own, and he's going to cash out. He's going to go, like, second, maybe first, because Rob thinks that Arizona's full of crap with uh, the whole first-round thing, the smoke screen. So it's it's very possible that Nick Bosa. Now remember at the time when he said I'm I'm hanging it up, the outcry was he's not a team guy. This is going to hurt his draft status. Uh he's a quitter. Who <laughs> wants somebody like that? And now he's going to just he's going to cash out, right? So does this set the precedent? Remember cuz remember people said Clowney shouldn't play his senior year. Like surefire number 1 pick, go play for free, risk injury. Yada well, yada. He was like a little bit injured, right? I mean and then he no, was he like was injured. Yeah, he had a like, legitimate I'm not, injury. Yeah, I'm not going to I understand that. I mean I I understand. He was going to miss a few weeks. 
Right. But the it, it, people did not understand that, Rob. And they were basically saying this guy's a quitter. He gave up on a team that has uh, national title aspirations. It's going to hurt his draft status. And guess what? You were all wrong. Well, so- look, Nick Bosa does things on Nick Bosa's terms. And I respect that. I, he was another guy that straight told me and I respected it. Like when I first took over the job, this was the first class. Bosa's class was the first class that I covered in Florida. I moved here from Texas. I was doing the job in Texas. I hadn't met Bosa yet. I it was about time for the rivals camp and I was at St. Thomas and I was talking to some of the guys there and I met Bosa and talked for the first time and talked to him. And he was like, look, man, I'm not ever coming to a camp. <laughs> I was like, That's great. You know, he just doesn't do them. Uh, and you know, I respect that. He didn't need to, everybody knew who he was. He had all the offers. I, I, I get that, but we never saw him in a camp setting. He was just so dominant. I don't know that there was a, a, a de- I've ever seen a defensive player and I didn't see Clowney in person that really just took over games the way he took over games at that. I mean, you could tell that he was going to be a, a top five pick. Okay. So Dave brought up, I thought, I thought Dave brings up a really good point. The amount of these stupid stories that, that all these guys, like last, remember Baker Mayfield was never going to remember. He cost himself millions because he, Oh, by planting the flag, right? Or grabbing crotch, his crotch yeah. or, or running from the police. He did not look explosive running <laughs> okay. from the police, by the way. <laughs> he looked very Yeah, I mean, it goes back as far as Johnny. I mean, say what you want about Johnny. He still got drafted high. Well, and it's Bosa, yep. who was the other guy? I was just thinking of somebody that we were we were just talking about that was in the same thing where it's like, it's like, or even Oliver. It's like, it's a huge story. Oliver, oh, he just got, cost himself millions. It's like, no, he didn't because the NFL doesn't care. They would rather him not play at all. I do think, Dave, that especially with injuries, you're going to see guys hit the road early. Um, I, I think, I think they're oh, definitely. definitely. That's what, Woody, I, I remember I had a conversation with you a while back when um, Jeff Brom was rumored to be taking the Louisville job, right? And I said, Rondale Moore will probably transfer to Louisville because look, he gets to sit out a year. Okay. And he doesn't have to play for free and risk injuries. He's already done everything he could do as a freshman, freshman. He's an all American, not a freshman, all American, but an all American as a freshman, he's on the draft boards already. He sits out a second year during a transfer. He doesn't even put in for an appeal. And then all he does is, his uh, year before he goes to the draft is show that his freshman year was the real deal. And then he gets drafted after playing two years. If I'm advising a kid, that's the way I'm going to advise him. Do not play for free. Do not risk CTE, uh, ACL tear, MCL, uh, PCL, CL smooth. Don't tear none of your CLs. Don't do nothing. (laughs) Sit out and then go cash out because it's all about the money. Am I to, wrong? For no, saying no, this? you're one hundred percent right. It's you know red one hundred emoji. The only people that will argue with you are either a old people or b fans of the school that has the player because they want to see their team do well over the player. Those are the the only people that can argue this point. And to right, put a ball so, on Bosa before we move on, I, right now on the Commitment Issues podcast, episode number one hundred and forty, whatever this is, Nick Bosa is going to be the first pick in the draft. I think. I don't think that they're taking Kyler. I think the Arizona. Well, don't, don't, wait, wait, wait! I got a question for that, Rob. So don't, okay, don't but, jump. But the gun he's on making that. his prediction now. Rob, is this your gut feeling, or is would you say you uh, have done some uh, investigatory journalism? I I would okay. say it's a combination right. of both. So so I'm going to tweet I'll this out. Sources. <laughs> Source. Rob Cassidy reporting. Rob Cassidy yeah. reporting on this podcast. <laughs> 
the good news is this is going to come out no, after the no, draft. No, no, no. This comes so out tomorrow. Either I'm going to first thing. Oh, okay. tomorrow's a draft, baby. So first pick. If you're listening you're to this out. on Thursday, uh, this could be it. So, okay, next question, Dave. Well, actually, you know what? Let's segue into it then. So, Rob, you think the cards are full of bleep about about Kyler Murray? I so do, and I think they have been from the beginning. Explain your theory. Explain your theory. Um, my theory is that I don't think that. Okay, I guess my theory, aside from from things, I, my theory is this: Why would you open yourself up to this kind of risk? I, I just <laughs> so you have Josh Rosen in your roster. He didn't have the greatest year ever, but you had a coaching change in the middle of the season. You have the worst offensive line in football. It, it's <laughs> I think it's a hell of a risk to deal a talented player like Rosen to another team to draft. A quarterback, and I'm just thinking logically here, that's played, that made, what, 14 career starts in college? To risk all of that, because Rosen, I think we all agree that Rosen could go somewhere and turn into a superstar. If that happens, your career is over. (laughs) I mean, there's no reason to take this kind of risk. It it seems insane to me to draft a a quarterback a second year in a row when you have a quarterback that could still be a superstar. I don't think anybody's given up on Josh Rosen and not just any quarterback, a quarterback that barely played in college. It it just, the logic dictates that it would be an insane risk to take. A five foot nine quarterback who barely, you know who the best um, quarterbacks drafted in the last era who played one season in in college football are there's three. Okay. Number one is Cam Newton. Number two was Mitch Trubisky. And guess who number three Aaron is? Aaron Rodgers. Oh. The Sanchez. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Those are like the three quote-unquote successful quarterbacks. Yeah, but even with Cam, season. at least Cam played a full year of junior college well, football. But do you, right. So, so you can even you can even kind of say that Cam got an asterisk in that. And you can also say Mark Sanchez has an asterisk in that for being quote-unquote a but, successful but don't player. Don't you remember right? I and just think it's, it's too year. big of a risk. Don't to you take. remember it's Pete stupid. Carroll like being at the press conference all pissed off when Mark Sanchez said he was leaving? That was like a that was a big yeah, that was, we would have been talking about that on the podcast. For, Pete Carroll was like livid that he was leaving early if, uh, uh, at the time, and he was kind of being like uh, poutish. No, no, but he was sitting there next <laughs> to him, like they were sitting next to each other, and Carroll was just pissed. So uh, we should say. Here's here's why you should listen to Rob, and I'll tell you why. Because Rob told me that the Cardinals are going to hire Cliff Kingsbury at least a week before it ever happened, before it was even in the news. Uh, Rob had to jump on that one. So he did live. Let's remember, Rob lived in Phoenix, people. So uh, Speaking of insane... They hired Cliff Kingsbury, who was recently fired from Texas Tech because he won what? He went five and seven. And then he becomes the offensive coordinator at the dysfunctional University of Southern California and recruits a bunch of dudes, gets them to sign. And then before he ever picks up a clipboard, the Arizona Cardinals of the National Football League hire him. So if we're talking about sanity, I don't think that's a factor in this decision right right. now. Next. (laughs) Okay. Next, moving along. Let's go to Woody and Jalen Hurd. Now, Woody, I'm a longtime fan of the podcast who is now living my dream of being part of the Commitment Issues podcast. But I vaguely remember you saying when Jalen was a recruit, 
you would you told him that you thought he'd be a better tight end than a running back. Am I am I mixing up my guys here? No, or it wasn't is just that me. Truth? Yeah, well, okay. So Jalen Hurd was one of uh, <laughs> one of definitely. It happens every year where it's like one prospect where it causes me an, an endless amount of headaches. And Jalen Hurd caused me years worth of headaches because it became publicly viewed that I thought Jalen Hurd was better than Nick Chubb. Uh, and because that was an argument that I was forced to defend because that was the consensus of the uh, rivals analysts. But I wanted Nick Chubb to be a five star and Jalen Hurd to not be a five star. But I lost that argument. So Jalen Hurd only played one game his senior year because he hurt his shoulder in the first game. He almost he put, basically pulled the Bosa. He got hurt in the first game on ESPN, and he could have come back to play, but he decided not to. He sat out his senior year. Um, now that was right. A yeah, exactly. couch. similar, similar, except <laughs> obviously much better than him. Um, so both VFs. <laughs> Rob already laughing about Crouch. We're gonna Crouch is somebody we're gonna be discussing for years to come on this podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, and everybody right. else is gonna be like, "Who's that?" Um, okay. <laughs> Former number one player in a 2019 we'll class. He's, he's, he's just getting started, but I do think he's gonna have playing running back. But Hurd, okay, Ohio State was the presumed leader for a long time for Hurd. Butch Jones gets the job convinces him to come to Tennessee mainly because he wants him to play running back Alabama, Ohio state and others viewed him as more of an athlete. They kind of wouldn't promise him that position. So that's what happened. So I did think always that Jalen would be better at another position. He was very good at wide receiver. If you looked at some of the pro football focus stats that I see endlessly in my timeline, uh, in terms of like contested catches, he's right up there with anybody. He did put up a he he put up big numbers. If, okay, Dave, do, you don't know any of his stats from this year at Baylor, right? And you don't either. No, Rob, I do not. Rob watches not follow the Baylor, so I think Rob might have an inkling. Um, I don't know his stats, but I know that he wasn't completely okay. uh, invisible. I, I remember. Okay, so if I guess. had to say that Jalen Hurd had over or under seven hundred fifty receiving yards this year, what would you say? In Baylor's offense, I'd say over. I think that's close. I think that's probably the line. I think that's okay, probably how many. 946 for average wow. 13 yards a catch with four touchdowns. Now, here's the wrinkle. He averaged 4.4 yards per carry. He had 48 carries for 209 yards and three touchdowns. So he actually averaged more yards per carry and had as many touchdowns as he did his junior year when he was at Tennessee, when he left the team after seven games, when he was playing with Alvin Kamara. So Jalen Hurd's career stats, listen to these numbers. Career overall, 637 carries for 2,844 yards and 23 touchdowns. Okay. Then he had 136 catches for 1,438 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, those are impressive numbers for a career. Now, obviously, it's star-crossed. He missed half a season. He sat out another season. But if you talk about, like, you know, these pass-casting wide receivers, why couldn't – or running backs, why couldn't Jalen Hurd kind of be a jack-of-all-trades? Do we – I mean, why would an NFL team not want to pick him other than the questions of, oh, did he quit on the – did he quit on the, the – on Tennessee, you know, yada, yada. I, no, you've got a good point. 
No, I mean the guy's a football player, right? With <laughs> is he, is he, he's he's not, he's not just a lacrosse player. Well, he does it, play football, but here's the thing, right? He can do a lot of things. Is he's a move tight end, well, right? If fat, you're an offense fast. that runs twelves, I, mean, I think like I think he's gonna know playing. I think he was playing wide receiver. He played wide receiver at Baylor. I don't know. I, I could see him as like an Aaron Hernandez type Before guy. we move on, I want to point something out. I think I shouldn't get in trouble for pointing this out. I think it's, you know, it's pretty much common knowledge now. This is definitely no, getting cut. To, 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 no, okay. this is fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, to Woody's earlier point about how those arguments go and sometimes you're forced to defend something you don't believe in, that's been like a policy change at Rivals. Like when we first took over, do you remember? It was like we present a united front. No matter what you think, if you think the kid's a five-star and we make him a three-star because you lose the argument, you right. have to tow the company line. And that's kind of – we've kind of gone away from that in the last like three years. That's kind of changed because now we're writing content where you know we're kind of disagreeing with each other and and – and voicing our true opinions. But back then when he was going through, we were still under the, you know, one voice rule where it's like, all right, so you're not even allowed right, to say what exactly. You say. So I, <laughs> I thought Nick Chubb should be a five star after his senior season. We went to the army. He went to the army game. Now I covered the under armor game. So I wasn't there. Uh, and the guys who were there said they didn't just they just didn't see five stars, which you know is a common phrase uh, that we hear at these meetings. And I lost, and Nick Chubb finished two spots away from five stars. And then the debate became, especially Georgia fans will still tweet him. You still think Hurd's better than Chubb? I'm like, no. But guess what? I I had to go on the record and say that that I did because that was the that was the argument. Yeah. You want to talk about one of the nicer changes at this company since we've worked here is this being like right. It's, it's hard opinions. because it's nice. you don't want to feel like you're undercutting someone. You don't want to feel like I don't feel like oh Mike Farrell made me do it. You know, but like yeah, I guess for me, I've never had a problem with owning a mistake. Like I, 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 it really does not bother me that because you know what this is hard. You know, so what a guy that I made a five star or a four star never got drafted. Um, I, right? What do you want now? Me to say? Hindsight twenty twenty, Lackford. Uh, you know, he'd love to throw it in your face, but uh, don't worry, Dave. Why do I? Why do I? Has got to be, be the, the straw man. Don't worry. What's the deal? Because uh, uh, you've been you've been having input now so. for a couple of years. So uh, okay. All right, for one only two years away from your first draft. <laughs> your time, your time is coming. Okay, All right, next what's up. next? Okay, so because Woody, um, I guess we'd say negligently put me in charge. I screwed up the order, <laughs> so I want to go back to Josh Rosen, right? So last year, Josh Rosen plays behind a terrible offensive line. He's a human tackling dummy. Has okay. a coordinator change midseason. As a right and and just gets killed. He he has like Larry Fitzgerald on a D Wade like I'm out of here tour as his best receiver and a bunch of undersized guys. And now they're like, you know what? We're thinking about getting rid of you. If you're Josh Rosen, are you mad that you went through all that and they're showing you the door? Or are you you know? I, I, free I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're showing, the door. I don't think they're showing the door. Um, and I. I I would think that if what I think is true and that they're not going to take Kyler, I would hope that they were smart enough to let Rosen in on it. Okay. How about this, right? That's you, you, we know Josh Rosen. He's not a guy that's going to hold his tongue for anybody. He's been quiet through all this. Has he not? Uh, or did I, I just miss his annoying. comments? He gave an interview. Where he said it was annoying. 
Okay, yeah. that, that, right. that's exactly. that's pretty on brand for love, him. You would have uh, loved Rosen, by if the there way. Was, oh, I did love Rosen. I followed Rosen, and I listened to the podcast. We could do, an, I, entire, we could do an entire pod on Rosen's story. <laughs> but, but hold on. So the fact that he says it's annoying kind of says to me that maybe he agrees where he's like, you know what, I don't care if I leave or I, if I stay fine, but you know what, it's just annoying to keep hearing about it. But are do you want to leave if you're Josh Rosen? I want to leave Arizona. I want to leave the well, desert. Fine, send me to DC. I don't. I don't care. Send me to New York. I would also love Josh Rosen in front of the New York media. And Rob, <laughs> what do you think about that? No, that would be fun. I really don't think he's going anywhere. And you know, like you said, though, I don't think he's the kind of guy that cares. I think Josh Rosen believes Josh Rosen believes that he is Trevor Lawrence. Josh Rosen believes that he is the greatest football player of all time, and it helps him. And there's no doubt about it. He's a confident kid. Uh, he's a very talented kid that I think that if they trade, I, and I'll go on record saying this, if they do trade him and draft Kyler Murray, I think they so will live to regret I think uh, Josh Rosen would not care one bit if he got traded. I do think he would rather live in Arizona than Washington, D.C. or New York. Dave being a, a, a Northeast guy, you're partial. I would much rather live in true, uh, true. Right, well, he's from California. I, you guy. know, he's he's right. kind of got that rather, Scottsdale vibe. But he's got he's got an ocean there. Like Arizona's like okay. a, this landlocked state you where everybody owns a boat and check somehow. It out sometime and go to Tempe. <laughs> I think you'd have a great time. Yeah, they got they they got some stuff going for him there. Okay. Okay. there All right, next up, um, there's good pizza. All right, next up is. Um, Devin Bush. Now, Rob, were you covering Florida when Devin I, Bush I was. was at Flanagan? I was. Okay, so he kind of shot up at the rankings a little bit. Now, he was a little sawed off. He was like 5'11", 224. Yeah, and I, I, remember, I remember when he committed to Michigan, I remember everybody kind of saying, oh, well, that's a good fit for him. He's in the Big Ten. He could just shoot gaps. He's a thumper. He's a downhill guy. But I remember cutting up his huddle film um, <laughs> just for fun when I was doing stuff for YouTube before I was told I wasn't allowed to cut up huddle film um but this guy was like returning kickoffs no he could he was cover running, too yeah yeah he could cover he was running sideline to sideline then he goes to the nfl combine and he runs a four four three forty, which is ridiculous for a middle linebacker um and it wasn't like it wasn't like he trained for the 40 like he had like a long stride but limited turnover like he looked fluid he did not look stiff he didn't look dk metcalf he was like a one guy. that and I loved him from the jump, and this is why I loved him, and other people on the on the staff didn't. When you saw him in camps, it didn't translate. You had to see Devin Bush in a game. And the only people that saw him in a game, I believe, were yeah, me and possibly Woody right. maybe once. And it was like watching – and the highlight film didn't do it justice either because, as Adam Gorney says, anybody who looked great on a highlight film, it was like a different player. The versatility that he brought, like you said, he could cover. He could shoot gaps and thump. I fought for a long time to get him – ranked higher and it worked and it paid off in the end and i you know if it was up to me probably would have been ranked even a little bit higher i don't think i ever wanted to make him a five star or anything crazy like that but so i really liked the kid from the jump yeah so today i did a i i was on the radio here in louisville and i was talking to joe goodberry who covers the nfl draft and he's also a writer for the athletic he covers cincinnati bengals and he's saying that he's hearing that the bengals might take him to replace perfect that number 11 in the draft and i've been seeing where he's going anywhere from like 25 to 35 to 40 and i agree with joe i think that devin bush is that kind of guy a middle linebacker that you put he's like a demaco ryan's kind of guy where he just plays 
plays for you for 10 years and he's like the rock of your 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 defense do you agree with that yeah. you guys he's a maniac on the field it's like a poor man's justin flow i'm looking at the pictures here and i've got a picture of him covering isaac nada and isaac nada looks like he's a foot taller <laughs> i'm gonna send this to you dave for your uh, what well, Devin, devin's six foot on your, a good day you for know your I mean? uh you know your devin bush is too or uh, isaac not is too small uh to play tight end hey he he of measured course, in at six not, three in now, the draft now the photo's not lo- loading but uh which is yeah, great for game, a right? podcast. Too. Oh, I'm Visual trying to look through here and see if he won the MVP. She's podcast. We can put it on the. We can put it on the. Can, somebody tweeted out him from the Twitter. Yeah, the I was trying to see Twitter. if he won the MVP <laughs> at a camp because uh, he came to everything. I, I don't think, you know, like the problem with him was he, physically, he didn't look. He wasn't like one of these guys that's all muscled out. You know what I mean? He wasn't. And the biggest issue we had was, Dave, you being a, a Florida State homer uh, at the time, it was classic not a take, right? Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, too. no. It was not not a take. No. It was. Because, listen. No, it wasn't. Listen, here's what it was, right? So Mike Langston was saying, yo, from what I heard, he's coming to Florida State. Because, you know, his dad, Devin Bush, is a legend at Florida yeah. State, right? Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't not a take. What it was is Dirty Jim Harbaugh giving Devin Bush Sr. the job at Michigan and basically buying Devin Bush Jr. to Michigan. Well, I, That's no, no. what the true story is. I remember was. that wasn't narrative as well, but I also remember – and you – and let me tell you something. If you look at Devin Bush's rankings elsewhere, I think it tells a story that uh, he was very undervalued and viewed as as a not a take type. What is well, he? What is he ranked uh, elsewhere? Hold on, it's low. <laughs> Rivals had him at 182 nationally, seventh best inside linebacker. Okay. We should have had point eight four star. He should, right. have, he should have been in the 100. So, we had him just outside. Uh, if we if we go back and look at him, he was the number 480 national player here. Uh, the number 19 inside linebacker. Three. Well, Are yeah, you talking that's, about that's the composite yeah, over there? That's the that's, that's their the, that's their rankings, or is that the composite? Uh, Okay, all right. So he's what a three star. He has, he has probably had because he played in the Under Armour game that year. Let me look real quick. Um, yeah, they had him 181st. Right, but I I remember specifically Andy Staples, who um, Adam Friedman <laughs> yeah, is that. not. He's been a guest on this very podcast. Just, just saying, you know, how, you know, Devin Bush fits in well with the Big Ten because he's a thumper between the tackles kind of guy and he doesn't have the range to go sideline to sideline. And I was like, eh, he, but he does. And he does. Yeah, he does. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's the stuff you never saw. I mean, that's why we got in the fight with him. I had to fight over him is because everybody else never saw him in a game. They just go, saw him running ahead. vertically at camps. Go ahead and check your Twitter DMs here, Dave and Robin. You can say they saw him standing next to Isaac Nada here and figured it was over (laughs) i I remember his dad don't you remember his dad being so pissed that he never won mvp at the camp i I know trust me i i don't i i I, I had that help you remember one that year in miami his teammates still on michigan uh 
Josh Matik. Josh. Is that um, him? I thought it was somebody else. His last name. So that team had him. It had Stanford yeah. Samuels. It had Josh Macellus, Mar- or wherever you say his last name, I've forgotten it over the years. And then there was one other guy. Oh, Cato uh, Nelson, who is the quarterback at uh, right. Akron. Stanford played quarterback for them. Was that was that the year that they Stanford won the national championship? After, uh, the, the year yeah, after. And year. corner, because I remember yeah. famously uh, Jerry Judy Devin, just destroying Devin him was who on a post-corner route. Uh, I forgot about Devin him. Gill. Yeah. He went to Michigan as well. He was committed to Miami, decommitted, and ended up – he was a not-a-take situation. Yeah, he got killed – by by Miami fans and Michigan fans because they said ah he they well, just took him so they could get Devin career, Bush. He has, I remember that. Let's see, career high. He's appeared in twenty six games with fourteen starts, so he's anything but a throw in. Although his career high in tackles is three somehow in a game. <laughs> so, maybe they were right. No, no, he started, he started on the kick return. He played unit. all played in linebacker at all thirteen games uh, in two thousand eighteen. So. Uh, okay. Next question. All right. Next. There you go. There you go. Hater. Uh, speaking of Isaac Nota, um, my favorite story from him. So he's committed to Florida State for a long time, right? Tim Brewster. Big, <laughs> this big, is going uh, I think this is going. <laughs> big friend of the show. You know, he's trying to hold on to him as hard as he can, you know, and and all of the arrows are pointing at Georgia at this point in time. And and this is around the time where uh, Dalvin Cook is in trouble with the law and the whole Jameis Winston thing's going on. So he's at the opening and they interview him and he goes, man, you know, every time I get one of these bleacher report updates it's somebody on florida state's in trouble for something it's carlos williams it's dalvin cook and everybody's like yeah he's leaving and then there's like this photo of him on twitter in a hot tub with like two two instagram chicks and everybody's like yo he's gone he's out of here and and the florida state side was like no he's not leaving i'm like dude he's in a hot tub with like two girls from nashville or something is there a way that we can Oh, there's a there's a story that goes let's hand in say, hand with this. That I say, do not think we can tell. Let's just say that <laughs> let's just say so that when fast. Isaac got a decommitted from Florida State, Tim Brewster was not happy. And uh... <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember like two days before Isaac Nauta decommitted. It might have been the day he decommitted. He walks into Brewster's office, and Brewster says, "I'm sitting here looking at the best tight end in the country." And then, like two <laughs> days later, Isaac Nauta decommits. <laughs> Like ah, well, t- well, I'll tell you what. Tim Brewster really shared his thoughts on. <laughs> what did he say? Was well, it was it like a text? Was it like a uh, Tate Martell meltdown okay, from the Dave, Texas you know A&M coaching staff? Was it that you say bad? That parents have access to Twitter accounts. Sometimes coaches forget that when they yes. fire off some messages. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> when they fire off profanity. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's back that's back when like your uh DMs would show up in your text right. messages yeah, and yeah. you wouldn't know yeah. if you were like texting someone so, or tweeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Vince Morrow is so the king that, of that so here in Kentucky. I did not. I got a I got a few things. Uh I first saw him when he was a freshman starting at Buford when he was known as the Buford Bull eventually on the uh Right, on the popular reality show Chris Lee Knows Best, where he made at least a few appearances when he was dating one of the daughters. Uh, And he was unstoppable at defensive end. 
uh, as a freshman, you know, pretty decent level of competition in Georgia. I thought he was going to be D-end. He ended up playing tight end. Of course, he ended up transferring to IMG. He had moved to he had moved to Atlanta from Jacksonville. They were kind of all over the place. But Isaac Nott, a very loyal guy, kind of stuck with me through and through from the beginning to the end. And that was a uh, that was quite an era because if you remember, that was the same time we had Eason taking a visit to Florida. And then we had the Snapchat video. Remember, we, we had in the early days, don't you remember, Rob, we did like 10 straight shows with Jacob Eason talk? Oh yeah, right. so it was all in that same time. I missed. The, I definitely missed that era. So, uh, and we did Devin Bush. That's everybody, right, Dave? That's all your questions. Okay. Um, last one. I think I have one more, and it's a it's it's a throwback to a guy who was a five star, and he's in the draft now. He transferred to Maryland from Auburn. Y'all know. Oh him. yeah, uh, Byron Cowart, right? So, <laughs> Byron. During the end of his recruitment, it's it's Florida, Auburn, and Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. walking around with the Chucky doll. So for people who don't understand the Chucky doll and the Florida thing, yeah. that goes back to Dante Fowler, right? Yeah. Who famously flipped from Florida State uh, to Florida the night before signing day, if I'm correct. Yep. Okay, so, so Cowart's walking around with the Chucky doll, and I think he goes to see Muschamp. And this is when Muschamp loses to like South Carolina and he gets fired the next day. And I remember Coward tweeting something to the effect of went to go see champ. Couldn't even see him like shaking my head emoji. And I was like, yo, he's going to Auburn. And I'm talking to, uh, I'm talking to Mike Langston and Mike's like, you can't believe nothing. He says, trust me, he's going to Florida state. And then like two days later, he tweets out that he's eliminated Florida state. And so, was this one of the more was was his recruitment one of the craziest ones that you can remember in recent history? I was the point man on Byron because we had I was the Florida analyst. We had hired someone else, and Byron just was like, "Nah, I ain't dealing with that dude," (laughs) and he doesn't work here anymore. (laughs) Right? He was the guy that I ended up replacing. I was the point man on Byron mainly because. Uh, the aforementioned uh, former friend of the show, Nick Kruger, was the one who first uh, discovered Byron at uh, our first rivals camp in Lake Gibson down there, uh, similar to where we had one this year. Uh, Byron showed up and he had no offers. And Nick was like, hey, you see this dude? <laughs> and I was like, uh, who? And we went and it was me and Keenan uh, who used to work at rivals as well. Uh, we went and met him, and I was like, oh, this is Byron. We we're like, man, this kid looks like a million bucks. I think he was a sophomore going into his junior year, and he just dominated the camp. Uh, and then it was, and we gave him the MVP, and that was when we famously got the call from Mike uh, saying that, you know, you, that we can't, don't don't be just trying to find nobodies every single time to give the MVPs to. <laughs> wow. well, I thought we were getting too cute because the there were a lot of class, high-ranked right? players there. And we gave the we famously gave the MVPs to at that camp Ray Ray McLeod, who ended up being a five star, going to Clemson, is now in the NFL. Kevin Tolliver, who was a five star and played a lot in the NFL for the Bears this year, and Byron. And there was one other guy. I think it might have been uh, Dylan Bates or somebody, but it was like three nobodies. And there was a camp of like there was like. 24 to four or five stars there and they were all underclassmen so it definitely seemed like 
Keenan and I were trying to be too cute with the old MVPs, but we turned out to be right. So anyway, so Byron and I had a great relationship the whole time. The biggest issue with Byron was it almost always seemed like it was a constant tug of war in his life between, uh, you know, Leon McQuay, who was, uh, you know, the father of Leon McQuay III, who was a five-star who went to uh, USC and plays in the NFL. I think he's on the Chiefs. Um, he was kind of his mentor he or whatever. Is. He was the one that took him on a lot of visits and stuff. And then the high school coach at the time, uh, Callahan, right? That was his name? He gone. He's gone. So they were yeah, constantly battling. Byron didn't have a super stable home life. It was just him and his mom. And when he was locked in, he was completely dominant. I mean, if you go back and look at the footage from that Under Armour game that year, I mean, he dominated the entire week of practice and the game. And that's why he ended up number one over Rosen. Uh, and that was the famous put him in a coffin clip uh, in the Vine days where Byron destroyed someone so bad and another guy yelled, put him in a coffin. <laughs> uh, and I mean, there was, <laughs> I think, I thought, oh, it was Tim Settle who yelled, put him in a coffin. It's, what's up with Tim Settle? Is he in the NFL? Uh, Tim. Yeah, he was a big defensive now. Weird looking dude. Yes. Ah, yeah, he's he a like, kind defensive of like a turtle, he's a nose a tackle for the Washington Redskins drafted in the fifth round last year. Right. So, so anyway, yeah, Virginia uh, Tech. Right? I think had Muschamp stayed at uh, Florida, or had Muschamp stayed at Auburn, Byron's career is totally different. Or say, say, say Muschamp was already the coach at South Carolina. Yeah, Byron's already playing the NFL right now, and I think the progress he showed under Durkin this year. I mean, I watched a lot of Maryland games mainly to watch Byron and as a situational pass rusher, he was, he was pushing guys back in the quarter. He had, he made a lot of plays in that Texas game. He didn't test well, which I was really surprised that. If he doesn't get drafted, is he the first yeah, rivals number so. one to not get picked? Oh, yeah, Bryce, Bryce Bowen got picked. It's amazing. Bryce Brown, my bad. I'm thinking about the. You want to talk about stories? I can tell. I've got Bryce Brown stories for days. I can do a podcast. You're not Italian, right, Dave? (laughs) The way you mispronounce names is up there with any of my Italian family members. Uh... (laughs) You know, it's my cross to bear. I'm not going to. You know, self awareness is key. Like, what do you say? You're the third ugliest dude at your gym. (laughs) Bottom three percent, third ugliest, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. Self-aware, well, maybe not ugly. Fattest for sure. I mean, I'm, let's, let's not let's not let's not confuse the two things. <laughs> right, exactly. Let's not disparage what he's strong. I, have, I do have I, I do have a tough chin. Yeah, his okay, great teeth. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, a butt chin. Uh, big shout to Dave for Dave's Johns. I think that was a good draft discussion. Maybe we'll we'll touch on some stuff afterwards. Yeah, I feel like there are a bunch of other stories about this. Right. Yeah, we're getting get a little into, longer. We're, we're we got long NBA and... pl- playoffs to watch. So, real. Oh yeah! Congratulations to you, Woody, and, and the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard does it again from way downtown. Bang! Cashed that, out. That was an amazing like shot. Nick uh, I told Rob, I, Rob went to sleep, but I, I mean, I could have not. I could have stayed up all night I, I almost did just watching i was just waiting for russell westbrook's press conference to come out and take it on the chin uh and he did so we had a few other we had a few other topics that we could have t- we could really talk about we'll, we can kind of blow through them real quick we got to tell at some point we got to address this uh 
the situation that we're having with these coaches. It's just, it's a never ending thing of guys just saying stuff to say things uh, that aren't. <laughs> yeah, today we had. Are we are we at are we at war with Coach Twitter or is it just it's like a military conflict? Like if everybody was normal, like the Clemson well, staff, we wouldn't have to do this. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we so have. So it's just a military conflict. Yet, I mean, it's not a full blown war. This- there's there's like some resurgence. There's pockets of coaches in the in the ranks, not the whole. Uh, Woody and I talked about this earlier. My favorite one recently has been you know we are around these kids a ton from coast to coast. L.A. to New Jersey to Miami to Atlanta. So when I see a coach the other day tweeting about how he he doesn't recruit kids that sag their pants. And he's from Saginaw State, by the way. (laughs) I have not seen a kid sagging their pants since it was, you know, since Bill Cosby was doing his bit. No, no, it's it's a thing now. It's really bad. They're skinny jeans and they slide down. It's not like crisscross. Yeah, you're, I'm okay, just you're, you're dealing with high schoolers or you're dealing me. with it's, flunkies it's, who thought it was cool to wear baggy pants. The kids we hang out with, they wear they wear joggers and they wear tight fitting jeans. They do. They they usually it wear is, athletic it was, wear. It was tweeted I don't know right. because well, other coaches will like it and retweet it. And and get old people well, so to be like, my yeah, biggest tell issue them is, to pull their pants up. What, what did they say back in Ferguson? The the All Lives Matter. They were saying, uh, I mean, "Pants up, don't loot." <laughs> Instead of hands up, don't shoot. Like, congratulations, so Coach Twitter. Your nail, All Lives Matter. <laughs> well, it's not. A, it's not okay, a real. Right. I mean, it's a thin line. <laughs> my 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 biggest issue is that you cannot judge someone's <laughs> personality and their character and how they're going to be as a teammate or as a kid on your team based on how they wear their pants. I'm sorry, and if you think that's the case. You're going to go out and judge people like that. You're an idiot. And that's a fact. So, <laughs> Also cussing on Twitter. Oh, Sockets right. Twitter had to take away his his chance at an education and right. a better life so, because he said the F word once. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's always it's also like we're here to mold these young men into men. We're teachers. We're more than coaches. Yada, yada, yada. But it's like, oh, you said something bad on Twitter. Sorry. Life's or, over. Sorry. No college for you. I guess you just okay. have to work at Burger King. He said the F word. It's over. Yeah. Your, your pants are, are – Two and a half inches below your waistline. So sorry, we're gonna go recruit the kid okay. that runs a four so nine the, instead of you who runs a four eight. Well, a, it's not, a, it's not happening. B, if so, it was happening, so it would the, be absurd. So, so the tweet I saw today, I think it's happening. One <laughs> it of many, which uh, Dave sent me one about the Twitter had to stop recruiting a guy because of his Twitter. Sad. Right. And that's that's that is the oldest one in the book. That's the, the Duke DB wide coach, receiver yeah. coach. What's his name? Jones. He always. Yeah, DB coach, man. He's blocked me because I said, I said, yeah, okay, sure. I think it was actually, I think, so if Kevin Tolliver said he's going to commit to you and then tweets like uh, a bad thing, you're not going to take him? Yeah, sure. Defensive coaching Twitter, which you never thought you'd hear me say those words. That dude is the outlier. Like, I know other coaches that make fun of that coach. (laughs) So so he has a book of his tweets, by the way, if you want to buy it, check it out. Which I think right, we actual, hit on actual a years ago. But anyway, so the tweet that really that, so we had that one. We had the pant this just this week alone. We had the pants one, we had the standard Twitter one, and then we got this one from Coach Gates, who played at Georgia. When did he play at Georgia? Just says UJ football letterman, assistant head coach at uh Kell High School here in Atlanta. 
We have approximately 75 to 125 colleges come by during the spring each year. I've yet to hear one coach ask to see seven-on-seven tape or ask, how does he do in seven-on-seven? It never comes up. Well, (laughs) right. You're not a seven-on-seven coach. So so our coach here, (laughs) Coach Gates, of course, it's got like a million likes. It's got – oh, that guy's only got 29. There was The tweet he quote tweeted has 231 likes, which I'm not going to read because you can go find it if you really want to. The, the the issue is you're a high school coach who coaches offensive linemen and you're an offensive lineman. You're not, you're not going to hear from, of course he's not going to, you're not going to say, Hey, how do you do in seven on seven? Because you want to know why they, they talk to the seven on seven coach, every single seven on seven coach in America that has a division one prospect on their team talks to multiple college coaches every single day. It's just how it works. It's not up for debate. It's some kind of power trip. It's, well, and the weird thing is, and I think we've talked about this on that front, is when these kids go to camps at schools and get offers, they get they right. play seven on seven. They do. They do the same things we do at the rivals camps. It's the exact same. The rivals camps are modeled after college football camps. So whenever someone says, oh, it's the underwear Olympics, it's like, yeah, that's the same thing that the coaches that are offering you four year scholarships are doing to evaluate you against other kids. It's tiresome because it's it's i don't know what it is it's not it's, it's never it's changed not, it's, it's aren't for anybody these these things that these coaches say like who are they educating like when you're writing that who are you writing it for is always what i think about is it for prospects is it yeah it's for other coaches right to be like yeah high school right. football so, forever down the seven on seven it's 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 pontification that's all it is that's all twitter is it's a bunch so of here's our boy chad wilson which you know we, uh great iron studs which you know we go rob and i've known chad for years uh i've probably known chad for more than a decade which is almost sad for me uh <laughs> yeah he's got one son in the nfl his son's in the son nfl the right his son Quincy played for wilson florida and didn't he? marco wilson and he played at miami he says come on coach yeah, yeah. stop it why would they Both ask you for really that? good college players. coaches do reach out to seven on seven coaches to ask their opinions it's a fact you could tweet otherwise you can live in fantasy land if you want but it's a stone cold fact I coached both, and that's true, Chad. Most most of these exactly you know, a lot of this is coming from Texas, by the way. These Texas high school coaches are so scared of I don't know what. I, I that whole state is is really like the twilight zone, and not even just football. I just from top to bottom, if you know if they want us to see like they they always talk about, I would be okay with that. Just <laughs> let them go. We'll all cut right. off the interstate system and let them all run. <laughs> all right so that we got that I'm, I'm trying to find what i had for a tweet of the week the problem is i favorited so many damian lillard tweets last night that uh we we all oh man but now i'm fantasizing okay, about right. cutting off the interstate system to the state of texas one way in and one way out <laughs> uh, we did have a minor scandal which we can probably talk about next week where in this college basketball bribery trial uh, a guy said that he paid several hundred to several thousands play, uh, dollars to football players from Pitt, penn state michigan notre dame northwestern north carolina and alabama so i did you catch the throwaway line in that story where it's like, and then I finally found out I wasn't the only one paying them. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I crap. saw a lot of people. Oh, Woody, I got the t- I, I got yeah, the tweet. Of the was week that one that funny? I can- <laughs> 
I felt like it was. I went to you last week, and so that's I forgot what it was though. Remember, it was it was the Russell Westbrook. Listen, here's what I'm going to read, and then we're going to get out of here. Oh, I'm going to complain about something real fast. So, so Mike Vorl, who who does Mike work for? He works for the Seattle Times. So he tweets a story uh, quoted from, or he, he tweets a quote from Washington defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake was asked today if he pays attention to other Pac-12 teams' spring games. So here's the quote. You guys haven't seen this, right? Uh, okay, he it. says, and this, I don't another care about all those other teams. I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. I know what we're doing. Hell no, I don't care about any of those guys. No, I'm worried about the University of Washington. I don't know what they're doing. They could be having spring break right now on a beach. I don't know what they're doing. I don't care. And then the follow-up question was, do you pay attention after it's done? No, no, I do not. I care about the University of Washington. That's all I care about. And recruiting guys, that's all I care about. I don't care about what they're doing. So... Uh, which, which Stephen Godfrey, uh, who works for SB Nation, correct, Rob? And he has a popular podcast, much more popular than ours. Yes. I think it's called Podcast Ain't Played Nobody. He says, I hate it when otherwise smart coaches say dumb bravado, uh, thinking that they're controlling a narrative. You just sound like a dumbass. And that's kind of what we just talked about. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't pay attention to our rival or what they're doing. They could have a robot playing right, quarterback. You guys all know that you're watching the film, from the, spring film over the teams you're going to play in the season. Come on, man. <laughs> so why, again, who are you lying for? They're just lying to lie like, to, to see if they can get away with it, I guess. I don't uh, Maybe he was drunk. At least he didn't say I could yeah, care I less. He did say I couldn't yeah, care less. No, no, do your recommendations. Right, you you want to do your rant or do your trade as you know, I've been watching a brand new television show I'm on season two of the Game of Thrones. If anybody out there has never seen it, I would highly recommend tuning in. Um, I watched this. I watched an episode with Woody. Uh, I feel like I've really discovered this. Oh, boy. Great, great recommendation. Also, but... watch Better Call Saul and you'll be all caught up with it. <laughs> what, year, what, what year is this? No, I don't Here's know why it's why it took you so long. I, I, because I you're too busy being uh, anti-establishment. No, I tr- here's the thing. I tried two other times to watch the show, and I fell asleep That's in episode one and three. Tired. For whatever reason, whatever whatever reason, what episode? Which, which, where are you at right now? Now, now it's got me. I am on season so what, season two. So what just episode happened? six? Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to? Am I, am I a spoiler alert? What did just happen? Oh, so uh, the uh, priestess oh, okay. chick just had like a ghoul crawl out of her baby. vagina. And then she, <laughs> and then that ghoul. Who did, that, who did they go? Who did they go so kill his brother? It killed, yeah, it killed King Robert's offspring. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's the, right. The, the, uh, the gay one. Yeah, who was with the old uh, knight of Flower Knight or whatever? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now that knight is with uh, is with uh, Stark. Yeah. Oh no, you're talking about Brienne of Tarth. Ooh, baby, boy. Anybody who's caught yes, up on yes, the show. Yes. That's a pivotal moment. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I'm yeah, yeah, for you. I'm, Rob. I'm All in. Right. I will no, I've got something to go talk to you guys about. Okay. Now, in my house, Easter is this uh, Sunday. Uh, for most uh, pagans, uh, Easter was <laughs> this past weekend. Uh, 
Uh, just the calendar. Why is it this Sunday the Sunday calendar sex. is based off of when uh, Jewish people celebrate uh, okay. Passover and whatnot. So, which is what happened when Jesus uh, got you. You know, got it. Which Rob and I talked about off the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're really, so, really sticking so to the listen. script about this fantasy fairy tale. So, so <laughs> a lot of Easter egg hunts going on, right? Yeah, you see the pictures of kids at Easter egg hunts. At what? At what point? Well, let me ask Are you. About you the Dave, hate on Easter egg hunts. At what point did Easter egg hunts go from let's okay. hide eggs to we're at a football field and there's a thousand oh. eggs just dumped all over the field? W- when did it change? <laughs> Hold on. That's what I'm saying. Wait, that's not a hunt. That's like a cleanup. Yes, it's, it's everywhere. Is that and real? there's no hunting. Did you this like- is classic. <laughs> what were you doing? I'm not. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> he always stands no. around the football field. That's what we do. We stand around I'm, football listen, fields. Go on right Instagram now. and look at some Easter egg hunt pictures. And it's like, oh, man, I had a great time with the Easter egg hunt. And it's a picture of the kid standing on the 20-yard line. And there's and there's 500 eggs and there's a thousand kids there. <laughs> so what is it like Fight Club? They well, just like release the kids on the field and like duke it out for the eggs, kids. Yeah, they should put them all at the 50 yard line with like weapons and just be like Hunger Games. You just <laughs> right like the, how the XFL kickoffs the used to be. that really drew my ire because this this girl was bragging about how many eggs that the kid got. It was like. Well, if it is like a Hunger Games situation, that is impressive. If you're, if you're, if that is impressive. Yeah, absolutely, to beat okay. down. You know the other eighty kids field, and right. he's got that heads off. He got that dog in him. You know what I mean? Let's, let's put him at center. Okay, just we as long as he doesn't have call- an F word on his Twitter account. We are not calling these or Easter egg sack hunts. His pants. If you want to call it an Easter egg chase, I remember vividly as a child the eggs being hid so well that I couldn't find any, and me being so pissed that I think I probably threw a fit. That's be hard. For- yeah, but I mean, look at it this way, man. What kind of soft no, no, Easter no. egg hunt is that? You don't have to fight anymore. Yeah. There's so many the eggs Easter out there games. that there is no fighting. It, it'd be great if there was 10 eggs and 100 kids and they had to fight for them. That would be that ideal. Would be, that would be great. <laughs> Kid comes out with four right. eggs. Exactly. Gets Let's separate from them. Alabama. Talk about underwear Olympics. Easter egg Olympics. Instead, what are we, what are we teaching the youth of America by just handing them out eggs? Make them earn it. Participation uh, eggs. Yeah, that's what they are. You're right. Let's take it a step further. Okay, Let's make right, the kids right. kill a pit bull with their bare hands to get to the eggs in the kennel behind the <laughs> Put Put the eggs in the pit bull's mouth yeah. and coat them with peanut butter. Yeah, you have to rip this animal's heart <laughs> out of him. We want that little brunt. <laughs> we should get James Harrison on the podcast to talk about the participation eggs. <laughs> Ruining society today. When was the last kill time your egg. kids are all teens? When was the last time that you uh, that you went on an Easter egg hunt? And was it a hunt, or were you picking them on a field like that? Was it easy to find, or were they hidden? <laughs> Man, the the last time I remember an Easter egg hunt, I was uh, it was me as a little kid walking around my grandparents' backyard like on my hands and knees in my Easter clothes, trying right. to get a, a pink yeah, egg exactly. from underneath and the tire in the garage. Get teach these kids some grit. So, uh, right. If you don't get it fast yeah, enough, they should start the car to run your hand over it. 
But no, but my Easter eggs, my Easter eggs were kind of garbage though, because like I'd I'd find the two eggs with like the ten dollar bills in, and and my grandma be like, no, 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 one of those is Brad's. I'm like, how you figure? I found both of them. See, I that's got Brad's. So, you know, you got to go to the Marines. Right stuff there. Yeah, it is. It really is. Dude. You know. Jeez, I would have got. Let me tell you something. <laughs> My childhood of privilege. Let me tell you how it would have went in my, my socialist house childhood. If and I found the eggs, and my sister did not. It would be give your sister one of the eggs, and if I said no, I would have gotten backhanded across the face, and I would have probably gotten all my eggs taken away uh, because my mom probably would have taken half of them to eat the candy out of for herself anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no commitment yeah, issues. It, 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 complete without Woody oh, ragging on his mom. It's been a while since Woody took a swipe at his own mother. <laughs> we got, we, we got the old, yeah, we got the old. All music. we need is Nick to call me about Woody something man. other than a handler Woody that Bob I've never rant. met before. And uh... man, do you guys yes. remember the the episode where Nick was wasted? <laughs> I that do remember that. Episode. I thought we were going to so have to cut that. I thought that whole. I thought we were also no. going to get in trouble. It turns out nobody even said anything. See, that's the thing. Like, I'm always on the podcast <laughs> wasted, but y'all have never heard me sober, so it's no big deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was. Dave, do you remember how drunk he was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it was such a disparity yeah, that, from yeah, how exactly. it usually that is. Always... You know, he was like uninhibited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the, the second best Nick episode was when he got mad at the yes, people who would be Nick. like yeah. at the store with a that sign was, on their back saying, my dad needs a kidney, please that donate. That was the most He's talked like, about work harder for that. That, really, <laughs> that one gets brought up to me a lot in, uh, in real life. So, Because uh, um, it was epic. When you get a text message from someone you don't know. That's it. No, it's like, hey. Yeah, just to say how I, how I get them stars. No, I love when I get those because it's usually some money for me. Yeah, how do I, how, <laughs> hey, how do I, how do I get can you bail my brother off? out of jail? Uh, uh, well, I wish I'd get a text like that. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Yeah, no doubt. You got your well, NFL draft. You got uh, some some classic stories. You got me making fun of my mom. Uh, what <laughs> what else can you really ask for um, except for maybe drunk Nick? But like I said, Nick is persona non grata around here anymore. We uh, we haven't heard from him in months. I still love Nick. I talked to Nick the other day because of the kid from Virginia Tech who who didn't get the transfer because his mom had like brain surgery. And I said, Nick, look at this. This guy's trying to, you know, get sympathy with a tweet. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, he deserves it. I mean, he should have just checked the box that he was a quarterback. They would have gave him a transfer. But I, that's I, for I, another I podcast. January when we were gambling on fixed professional wrestling. Yeah, I talked so. to Nick <laughs> when uh, he <laughs> said, let's hang talk. out. And then he just didn't call me for a, I showed up in Houston. He didn't call me for a week. And then wanted to ask about a handler so big shout <laughs> anyway <laughs> not that i'm salty about it or anything so that wraps it up that's the end of the show we will be back next week with a little nfl draft review uh just hopefully something cool happens a la D- uh, dave's favorite draft moment ever with laramie tunsil don't say anything, don't say anything else uh hopefully something yes, cool please. happens hopefully rob's right about kyler murray and uh rob have you looked at the line of what it is for Bosa to get selected first in the draft? I saw it. All right. It's so like we'll talk about that off the air. You got your tip or something? Okay. <laughs> it's very sad that I just know these things. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. No, it's not. It's awesome. What are we'll you talking about? We'll be back next week. We're three out of four weeks it's here. So we'll hopefully be quality. back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. M. Deuce, play us out with the old school music.